Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yes, it is. We roll along. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Mike Holmgren will join me live in a half hour on the Goodyear hotline, and we're looking forward to that. He is responsible for so much of the offense we're seeing in football today, particularly the one in Kansas City. We'll look ahead to the Super Bowl and more. If you're just joining me, I'm going to go completely away from what I had planned today because I wanted to spend some time talking about Kobe Bryant on this, the very solemn remembrance of the one-year anniversary of his passing. And um, as is typical for me, I just started talking far too long and I didn't get to half of what I wanted to say. So I'm going to say it now because what the heck, it's my show. I can do whatever I want to do. And um, there is a, a symmetry in this as well. In that uh, today is the day they're having a memorial for the great Hank Aaron. And Michael Wilbon brought this up on TV with us this morning. That when Hank Aaron dies, it's certainly a sad day. But he's a man who lived a full life and extraordinarily well. And it feels very easy, comparatively, it's easy for me to say, but for those of us who didn't know him intimately, very easy to celebrate his life and all the wonderful things that he did. There's nothing that feels celebratory today about Kobe Bryant at all. Absolutely nothing to celebrate here. Um, And I just, if you're just joining me, I just told the story of how I came to know him and the many events that we did together. I can tell you, and we have a lovely picture of he and Gigi up right now on our television uh, simulcast, that it's so nice to see him smiling there. He was not easy to make laugh. He was a very serious, at least in the limited you know, experiences that I had with him. And again, these were almost all professional settings. We did a lot of these corporate events together. He was very serious. And so on this day, I, I wanted to look at some pictures. I, I went back and found all the pictures I have of the times I was able to make him laugh, which always made me very proud of myself because he didn't laugh easily. He wasn't, um, he wasn't that sort of person. He was a, a serious-minded, very, very um, intelligent, deep-thinking man. He, he viewed the world in a fascinating way, and um, he, he asked a lot of questions. He was always fascinated by people's process, even mine, for a man as successful as he was in so many different ways. He asked a million questions about how I do what I do. He was just that sort of intellectually curious, fascinating person. But anyway, I wanted to play you this story. I have two stories for you, but the first one I will play you is from Ahmad Rashad, I interviewed Ahmad Rashad for my podcast in the fall. And you probably know that Ahmad Rashad is great friends with Michael Jordan. And Ahmad Rashad told me a story about a time that when Kobe was a young player, Ahmad and Michael went to the Lakers locker room to see Phil Jackson. And as you will hear Ahmad tell it, this is what happened. He won always played Michael one-on-one. You know, and when Michael would quit, we, we, we went to a game, and after the game, we go in this little room, and Phil's there, and Kobe's there, Michael's there, myself, and Phil's asking Michael to come out to practice, maybe, and come practice with us a little bit. And Kobe, without missing the beat, goes, yeah, come on out there so I can kick your ass. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's the, so Michael's saying, whoa, 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 man, you can't guard me. Kobe goes, you can't guard me. This is a young kid like that, right? And he goes, yeah, you need some shoes, you need some stuff. I got stuff in my locker, just come on out. And we could play. And it just kept going and going back and forth. And so finally when we left, as we're walking out to the car, Michael just looks over and he goes, you know what? I love that kid. I love that story. When Ahmad told me that last year, it was one obviously I'd never heard. And I assume unless you listened to that podcast, you hadn't heard it either. But it is an outstanding illustration 
of the closeness of the relationship between Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. Obviously, the the depth of their mutual respect and competitiveness. They were endlessly competitive with each other, and they loved each other. And when we saw Michael crying unashamedly at Kobe's memorial service back in February, I thought you saw that on full display. One other thing I wanted to play for you, because the last interview I ever did with Kobe on the air was in March of 19. He was in New York City for an event, and um, I arranged to go and see him, and we brought the crew, a camera crew, and and I did a a long interview with him that we played on TV as a two-part interview. And one of the things that I liked the most about it that I think is very illuminating about him is that unlike Michael, he left it all in the past. Like if you watched Michael Jordan's last dance last year, you saw Michael still has all of that competitiveness in him as a basketball player. But I believed Kobe when he answered this question as he did. You'll hear my question and you'll hear Kobe. A lot of players will say what he just said, but I wouldn't believe it in almost any other case. But with Kobe, I did. For 30 years, my job has been arguing this guy's better than that guy. This guy's better than that guy, right? Like it's sure. Kobe and it's Michael and it's Michael and it's LeBron and it's it's Magic and it's Larry and it's Russell and it's Chamberlain. The, the, the great debates. All those debates. Yeah. As one of the people in those, as one of the people who's on the other side of that, how important is that to you? The way people perceive you relative to Michael Jordan, yeah. Larry Bird, you know, LeBron James. It's hard for people to believe, but I really don't care. You know, like I've, I've moved on. You know, so like you have a career, you do the best you can with the 20 years I was very fortunate to play, and then you shelf it, you're done. You move on to the next thing. So now I'm focused on these next 20 years. And so those debates are entertaining, I'm sure. And, you know, it's uh, fun for people to engage on those, engage in those. But for me personally, it doesn't matter. And, you know, so many players would say that. And in most cases, I don't believe it. In his case, I really did. He really did move on. He, he never wanted to talk about his basketball career. It was pulling teeth. Now, these people, bear in mind, as, if you were just at the beginning of at the end of the last hour, I explained to you the circumstances in which we were together. It was almost always at a corporate event where he was there to be the main attraction, and he would bring me to come and do the interview because he preferred that to standing at a, at a podium and talking. But anyway... Of course, the reason they want him there is because they want him to tell great stories about playing for the championship and playing against Michael and playing against LeBron and winning, you know, five NBA titles and the Olympics and everything else. And he, he, you had to drag that out of him. He wanted to talk about what he was doing. Now, he had this book project he was super excited about. He obviously had gone into producing. He won an Oscar for the, 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 the animated documentary that he did called uh, Dear Basketball. He, he had really, in his own mind, moved on to the next opportunities to be great, and he loved it. And of all the things that make me sad today, aside from his family, of course, because that's the worst of it, to lose both Kobe and Gigi that day for his wife and his daughters, I, I, don't, I don't know how in the world you cope. But what makes me sad is beyond that is just how much he was looking forward to stuff. You know, he seemed in a really good place in his life, and he seemed like he had a lot of things he was really excited to do, and he had every reason to believe he had a lot of time left to do them. Because what the great athletes find is that when they're finishing their careers, they're old men. 
when you're playing NBA basketball and you're 36 years old, you're an old man. And then you retire and you, you come to the wonderful realization, holy smoke, I'm actually a very young person and I have the whole world ahead of me. And he had every reason to believe that he did. So our thoughts are with him today. Our thoughts are with his family. Our thoughts are with all of those that were lost in that horrific tragedy now one year removed. And I thank him for memories that I will have for the rest of my life, not just as a basketball fan, but as one who had the great privilege to know him at least a little bit. He was a fascinating man. Mike Holmgren will join me as this hour continues. Much more still to come. I'm Greeny, and this is ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Greeny, the podcast. All right, Greeny, on a very busy day as we work our way towards the Super Bowl, Mike Holmgren will join me live in 15 minutes. I am presented by Progressive Insurance. At Progressive, they're making things even easier. They will help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. I have only one question. All right, one question here uh, will involve a couple of different stops, and we're going to begin in Green Bay, Wisconsin, with Rob Domofsky, who covers the Packers for us extraordinarily well. He's on the Goodyear hotline, and and Rob, I may have more than one question for you, but (laughs) the first one is pretty evident, and that is what the actual heck is going on with Aaron Rodgers, and what should we be expecting to happen next? That's a great question, Greeny. He obviously threw everything into uh, question with his post-game comments. I can tell you this, and I wrote a piece this morning on ESPN.com kind of laying out the answers to some of the questions, and, and it, I think it comes down to this. It sounds to me like Rodgers doesn't want to live season to season wondering if this will be his last year in Green Bay. I think he wants a bigger commitment, and by that it's going to have to be a contract. And, and yes, his contract runs through 2023, but they've reached the point of the contract, Greeny, that they could get out now and save cap space. And, and, and I think he just doesn't want – I think he wants some assurances. I think he wants some guarantees put into his deal that, uh, you know, says you're not just our quarterback for 2021, but you're our quarterback for the foreseeable future regardless of, of what Jordan Love does. So I think that's what it comes down to. Again, it's informed speculation on my part but i believe that's what it is what do they want you know i think they want to keep their options open to be honest with you uh i mean i I think general manager brian gutekunst knows that ultimately his future and his legacy is tied to whether he can find the next quarterback to keep the the line of succession going from fire to rogers to the next guy because 
you know, 15 years from now, if they've had 10 years of terrible quarterback play, you know, it, it may not matter that they had one or two more really good seasons. And that, I think, is the way the general manager has to look at. And what uh, what about the Jordan Love of all of this? Like, what if if, yeah. if it, well, what is it? What, what is he now? He's not ready to play, Greeny. Yeah, like he's not ready. Like I, we watched him in training camp, and and understandably, you know, like with no off season work, and he wasn't like Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow that he was getting first team reps. He was getting third team reps. So of course he's not going to be ready. And then you know what we saw during the season, which is about fifteen minutes of practice every day of individual drills. Uh, you know, he's not he's not ready like and, and he won't be ready by, you know, September of, of this year. Or so uh, but but could he be ready in another year? Yeah, maybe. Uh, the other option is, you know, does it become a Jimmy Garoppolo situation? I mean, Brady was 37 when when the Patriots drafted Garoppolo. Rogers, 37 now. Uh, maybe, you know, Rogers went out and showed him that, that I can do this for four or five more years and maybe they end up trading Jordan Love at some point. I don't think they could do it now, but maybe they do it at some point. And a final thought, and I, I know I'm asking you to speculate, which all reporters hate to do, but you know <laughs> Rodgers as well as anyone I know. Could you see him being mad enough to do some sort of nuclear option, like some sort of I'm out of here and that's it situation? Could you see that happening? Yes. Yes, I could. Um, I don't know that it's you know better than 50-50, but I, do, I, I think we can't discount that. Absolutely, I think that's very possible. Rob, you're awesome. Again, the piece is up on ESPN.com right now. Rob Domoski, our NFL Nation reporter covering the Packers. Really well done. Thank you, Rob. I only have one question. My next stop is uh, Foxborough, New England. Well, Foxborough, Massachusetts. <laughs> New England Patriots territory. And that's where we find Mike Reese, who covers the Pats for us on the Goodyear Hotline. And Mike Reese, my question for you is, how is this playing? Here's Brady back in the Super Bowl. How's, how, how, how are we feeling? How's everybody feeling in Foxborough today? It depends who you ask, Greeny. Are you asking Bill Belichick? Are you asking Robert Kraft? Are you asking the fans? I, I would say I'll, I'll give you the quick rundown. For the fans, I would say the majority happy for Tom Brady, but also asking the question, hey, this window wasn't supposed to be closed this quick. Why, why can't we be doing this here? We, we could still have it be happening, but at the end of the day, they say 20 years. He took us on a great ride. They're happy for Tom Brady. For Robert Kraft, this has got to be, in a way, the worst nightmare because he was on record as saying he only wanted to see Tom play for the Patriots or retire. Now he's got to watch him in the Super Bowl with another team. And for Bill Belichick, we're only left to wonder, Greeny, because no one really knows what he's thinking. He'll never answer the question, but he'll, have, he'll be asked it, right? Whatever the next time that Bill stands in front of a Zoom camera and takes questions from people like you, he'll be asked it, right? You, you can't not ask him, so what is your reaction to what Brady has done? How do you think he'll handle that? I think he will quickly say, happy for Tom, but we're moving on to 2021. That would probably be the most consistent response from Bill. But he'll be pressed on it, Greeny, because you have to. You have to ask, hey, look, he's still playing at a high level. Why was the thought process that this couldn't continue in New England uh, to keep him here? And I think those are fair questions to ask. I do, too. And I know that you'll be asking them. I have one more for you, Mike Reese. Uh, and that is in today's mock draft that Mel Kuyper put out his first one, he projects the Patriots taking a quarterback in the first round, uh, the, the kid from Alabama, Mac Jones. I, I also have speculated 
about some of these veterans that are out there, namely Matt Stafford. If you were to guess at this point, would you expect the Patriots to go for a veteran quarterback, like one of these high-profile veteran quarterbacks, or to go the route of really starting over with a rookie? Well, I would, I would lean toward the veteran, depending on who it is. I, I truly believe, Greeny, they're going to be in on all of these discussions. And what's going to be fascinating from a Patriots perspective is how when one domino falls, what does that mean for the other? And a quick example. Let's say they, they're in on Stafford, but they don't get him. Well, what if Stafford goes to a place like the 49ers, which then makes Jimmy Garoppolo available, mm-hmm. which I think would be very appealing to the Patriots. So I would lean veteran first, see how that unfolds, and then maybe focus on the draft. A lot of different ways this could go. Outstanding. i got to ask him one question. Mike Reese, thank you for always being there when we need you. Reese is awesome with the Patriots. Domofsky is phenomenal with the Packers. So much interesting stuff. As for 30 of 32 teams, the offseason has begun. Mike Holmgren will join me next, and the green list is on the way. Don't miss it today. It is the five best quarterback matchups in Super Bowl history. Where does this one fall on the list? I'm Greeny on ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, Give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. This is Greeny coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. The program is presented by Progressive Insurance. And it has been far too long since I've had a, chat to chat with, a chance to chat with this legend, one of the best and most important coaches in the history of pro football. The great Mike Holmgren is back with me on the Goodyear Hotline. Hello again, Mike Holmgren. How have you been? Hey, pretty good, Greeny. I think you, you're right. It's been too long. So, uh, But I do keep track of you uh, uh, now that I'm old and, and in my house in Seattle. So uh, good to talk with you. Well, it's a pleasure to, to catch up here. And I have so many different things that I want to talk to you about. And I've actually been waiting months to ask you about this. So I heard a great story that you can verify for me. And it was from Brett Favre, who told me stories 
about how competitive Andy Reid and John Gruden were for your approval when they were assistants on your staff in Green Bay. So apparently, this is Prav telling me the story, that Andy Reid and John Gruden would fight over whose plays you would like. They would both be drawn up plays frantically all week long. They've obviously both gone on to become legendary head coaches in their own right. But they would be fighting like crazy over all these plays they were drawing up. And the end, the middle of the week or the end of the week, you would decide which ones were getting in the game plan. And they were incredibly competitive about that. What is your recollection of that with those two guys? <laughs> well, <clears throat> first of all, it's true, but I didn't know it at the time. You know, at, at, uh, in Green Bay there, they had it, Mariucci and uh, Gruden and Andy shared an office. And they're all young guys coming up. And <clears throat> what I would do, particularly in the red zone meeting, which I conducted and, and ran on, on Thursday night, I had uh, every, every coach could, could put in their play they, that they wanted. <clears throat> and then I would okay it. <clears throat> and what I didn't realize was that after the meeting, and I'd say, well, well, that's a good one. Okay, we'll put John's play in or we'll put Andy's play in. And then they'd go back to their office and uh, fight like crazy. And then they had a, a board that they'd put notches in. And so it was a big competitive thing. And I didn't know about it. <laughs> but, yeah, that was true. They were very competitive and very smart. And they, they relentlessly went after that thing. Favre loves that story. He loves talking about those days. I think everyone does. I mean, your coaching staff in Green Bay is so legendary, and people know the names. But again, the coaches who coached under you who became head coaches include Ray Rhodes, Steve Mariucci, John Gruden, Dick Duran, Andy Reid, Mike Sherman, Mike Marty Morningwig, Jim Zorn. When you look back on your career now and you won a championship, you won one Super Bowl as a head coach, you won other Super Bowls in San Francisco as an assistant what does that coaching tree mean to you when you look back on your career? Well, it it makes me smile, you know, because when we first got all, all those guys together, I thought it was important to have veteran guys because I had Tom Lavat and and I, Gil Haskell, and I had some guys with that had been in the league, and then I, I hired teachers, young guys who I thought were very smart, very hardworking, and. Uh, and that there was Gruden and Mariucci, Reed, all those guys. And um, again, I got to compete against them too in games. I'd look across the field and before the kickoff and before getting down and dirty with them, uh, I, they, I smiled. I said, you know what? Good for them. And I always tried to help them too. But uh, no, I, I, if anything, uh, I think about, uh, about my years in the league, it was that one of the things is, you know what? I did okay with the people. They they uh, they turned out to be pretty good, and and I in a small way, in a small way, I helped them along. I I think they would tell you it was more than a small way. Mike Holmgren is with me here, so let's talk about Andy Reid in particular. Here he is back now in another Super Bowl with this offense, and I wonder when you watch this offense right now, how much do you see what Bill Walsh envisioned? And you helped him implement and, and to a, such enormous success. How much of what Kansas City is doing now has its roots in what Walsh was doing in the 80s? Well, it, it's an interesting question. I, I, I don't talk to the guys very much, but I keep in touch with Andy during the playoffs a little bit and, and, and tease him a little bit. Uh, but I did say the last time I talked to him, I said, you know what? Congratulations. You're doing great. Keep it going. But as I watch your team play, you forgot everything I ever taught you. 
you, you're not doing anything that I that I can even function with. He goes, no, no, no. He, and then he, he thinks I'm serious. He goes, no, no, no. I, I, you know, if we if you were sat in the meeting, it'd be the our stuff, your stuff, and then. But I just doctored it up a little bit. You know, we have misdirection. We have this, and so when I looked at it a little more clearly, and, and then I can see, yeah, there's a lot of similarities there. You know, they use the tight end like we use the tight end, a very important part of the offense. And there's a lot of similarities. But, you know, it's fun, Mike. I I, I do tease Andy. And after one of the wins last year, you know, he got on the press conference, thanked everybody. It was very – but I phoned him. I said, listen, that was great, but your mustache is really out of control. You've <laughs> got to do something with your mustache. And he goes, you know, I saw the – press conference you're right so the next day the next time i saw him on the press conference it was neat trimmed it looked good so i still have an influence a little bit uh, they see they you're like a father figure to these guys i'm telling you because i got to know gruden over all the years because he worked at espn for so many years between yeah. the coaching stints and just I, I, a million stories he has about he calls you the big swede and and you know about working for the big swede and and uh and, and with great reverence and I, I i know that's meaningful to you okay let's talk about the quarterback though all right, because, Andy, you had great quarterbacks. I mean, you had Montana in San Francisco, and you had Favre in Green Bay. Now Andy has this this Patrick Mahomes. What is he, and what are you seeing when you watch him? Well, it's 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 fun to watch him, first of all. but And I asked Andy specifically, tell me about him. I, I, I know what I see on the field, but tell me about him. And, and he said he's great, and he just couldn't talk enough about the young man. And And then as a football player... You know, it's unbelievable the stuff he can do. And, you know, early on in Brett's career, as an example, he, he was a little bit uh, out of control at times and throwing the ball around and things like that. And I see a little bit of that in Mahomes, but his ability to throw uh, in awkward positions, uh, it's really remarkable. You don't see that. Uh, and then he also can move move very well. So. Andy, I don't know how long Andy's going to coach, but he has a quarterback there that should be in the league for a long, long, long time and be very, very good. You know, they they talk about this, the Super Bowl, because of Tom going in so many times. But then they also compare Mahomes, which will be talked about a lot, I'm sure. Um, and, and if he stays healthy, you know, this young guy can do as much as he wants, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, people are calling it the GOAT against the future GOAT, however you want to look at it. Mahomes seems to have that kind of special written all over him. Greeny and the great Mike Holmgren is with me. Um, and, and then the other side, let's talk about Brady. 43 and doing this, like, you've been around the sport for 50 years, Mike. How, how do you explain this? It's hard to explain. You know, uh, I, uh, it's just hard, you know, it's hard to explain, you know, because physically – it's just difficult to maintain that type of performance and your body just kind of can't do it anymore. And he has, because he's so disciplined, I think he's learned how to do those things and just, um, I don't think you'll ever see anything quite like this again. Uh, in fact, I'm sure you won't. Uh, now the rules have changed just a little bit so they don't bang on the quarterbacks quite like they used to, but he came up in an era where they did. And so, but he, He's remarkable, and that's all I can say. I mean, he I, I always think this is going to be his last year, and then uh, he, they traded him, and, and then he came back, and uh, this might be his last year, but I don't think so. I think he wants to play again. 
Yeah, I, I had Jeff Darlington, a reporter who knows him well, tell me he thinks he's going to play till he's 45, which would mean next season well, and the year after, which is it's ridiculous. I mean, it's it's completely unprecedented. One other thing I want to ask you about, again, is as a, an offensive innovator, which you were and, and a designer of offense and again, so influential, the RPO stuff, the run pass stuff that the quarterbacks are doing now. As you see it, how is that influencing the game? And is it something you think now, as as teams plan out what they do, is is that a, for lack of a better word, is that a necessity? Like a, a quarterback who cannot run, who doesn't add that dimension, it, it, the guy who's just going to be standing on the spot and flinging it, is that becoming a dinosaur in the NFL going forward? Well, as long as they keep bringing guys into the league that do that, you know, the type of, it, it's interesting to me how they they scout and they view quarterbacks coming into the league now, then you're seeing fewer and fewer uh, pocket, quote-unquote, pocket passers or people without that running ability because people, quite honestly, we're all afraid of them getting hurt. Right. And I, I still think people have to think about that. You think about Mahomes, you know, taking that hit in the game uh, a week ago. Um, but uh, I think it's something that teams do now, right now. I I honestly, and I've said this, Greeny, to, to any number of people, that – I wasn't a big fan of that style of play, that if I called a play, I liked my play. I didn't want the quarterback improvising. <laughs> and But he, uh, it, it works for teams, and I think it will continue to work as long as um, they have that run option, that, that run option from the quarterback. And it looks like that's the way it's going to be. I mean, it almost feels like as they evaluate these guys coming out of college, if they don't have the ability to run dynamically, they – they're not they're not perceived to be NFL players going forward, which is just the opposite of what the sport always used to be. Okay, one more thing, uh, Mike, before I let you go, and I so appreciate your time. I, I do something here called Tell Me a Story. Just going to sit back and have a little story time. Tell me a story. As just one who has loved the sport all my life, I love hearing the story. So, Mike Holmgren, tell me a story about a time that Brett Favre made you want to pull every hair out of your head. <laughs> Well, I don't think we have enough time. <laughs> and if you've seen pictures of me lately, you see what he did to my hair because it's <laughs> there's nothing left up there. But uh, I think probably in the Atlanta game, uh, we played a playoff game, and uh, it was one of the first playoff games the Packers had had for a long time, and it was in the old county stadium. And we had not eight seconds to go with no timeouts, but I had a couple shots at the end zone to beat Atlanta. And I called a timeout, and he came over, and I said, look it. Uh, you know, we only have eight seconds. There's no time left. So we can take two shots. We, got to, we can run two plays. We can take two shots at the end zone. You cannot run, and you cannot take a sack. Is that clear? Yeah, I got it. So I look out on the field. We run the play. He drops back the pass, and then he starts to run. <laughs> and I'm yelling, no, no. And he scores by six inches, and we win the game. He dives over, they tackle him, we score. If he doesn't score, we lose. He comes over the sideline, I go, I, I go, I'm really happy, but didn't I tell you, you know, not to run? And he goes, Mike, I knew I could make it. And then I go, okay, good for you. I'm happy. Check my heart rate. <laughs> oh, that's so fabulous. And it's such a perfect illustration of, of, of the guy like that, right? I mean, that is a that is a perfect uh, a distillation of what made Brett Favre Brett Favre and, and those teams 
so legendary. And, and Mike Holmgren, I, I am always so appreciative of your time. It's a pleasure to catch up. The very best to your family. Thank you very much for this, and I hope we will do it again soon. Thank you. I also, too, Mike. It was nice talking with you. Thank you. The, the great Mike Holmgren with me here on ESPN Radio. That is a great story. Go, I, I, Mike, I knew I could make it. Uh, Favre, you could just hear him saying it, and it is so him. Okay, uh, before the green list for today, let me give you our fascinating stat, which is brought to you by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. Hembo sent me a couple of notes today that I really like, and let me give you the one that sort of jumped off the page at me. We're talking about the frustration of Aaron Rodgers not going any farther uh, in the playoffs and, and not making it back to a Super Bowl and all these losses. Well, here is the statistic that I've got for you on Aaron Rodgers today. In the games in that he has lost in the playoffs, his teams have allowed an average of 36 points. That is the highest mark of any quarterback in the sport going back to 1960. So if you're wondering about why Aaron Rodgers is having such a difficult time dealing with this stuff, it is because far too frequently it hasn't been his fault that his teams have not gone on. All right, one piece of business. Maybe we saved the best for last. The list is what determines who matters in this business. The Green List. All right, every day the Green List, um, in which case I give you my top five, this, that, or the other, uh, as determined exclusively by me, the world's foremost authority on all matters. And today is going to be the first of what I'm envisioning being two consecutive weeks of Super Bowl-related lists. We're going to do lists pertaining to the Super Bowl every day from now till the game. And today's is awesome. With the monster matchup in front of us of Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. What are the top five quarterback matchups in Super Bowl history? Number five. Number five is Peyton Manning versus Drew Brees. Peyton Manning and Brees met in Super Bowl 44. The Colts were a a prohibitive favorite that year. Find me the spread on that game. There's no question the whole world thought the Colts were going to win that game. That was the year they could easily have been unbeaten. The Colts took the foot off the gas, chose not to be unbeaten that season by resting Peyton and a bunch of other guys to keep them from getting hurt. Manning was unstoppable that year at his very best. Breeze and the Saints had started out lightning fast. That was the season that made him a legend. The Saints onside kick to start the second half. And the rest was history. And that, that, that picture that you've seen in your mind a million times of Drew Brees standing there with the confetti falling and holding his son in his arms, that's his shining moment. It's the only Super Bowl he made it to. But when you sit back and look at the accomplishments of these two now, when you look at where they stand on the all-time lists of basically everything in NFL history, where they stand on the all-time lists, they are two of the all-time greats. You could defend an argument they're two of the five greatest quarterbacks that ever lived. And they met in the Super Bowl once. Peyton Manning versus Drew Brees is number five. Number four. Favre and Elway is four. Brett Favre and John Elway, Super Bowl 32. A game won by the Broncos. The most famous play in that game is John Elway at the age of 37 and the helicopter run. My old friend Mark Schlereth always gives me always gives me this great story where he says, I take all the credit in the world for that because I was the one who missed the block which is the reason the guy had a clear shot at Elway, which is why he wound up diving in and getting spun around. And and people now remember him as a hero, but it's really me who gets the credit. But it was Elway. That was the this one's for John Super Bowl. And you forget because that's Elway at the very end of his career. He won that championship, then he won the next year, and he he retired off of that. But Favre was coming off winning his third straight NFL MVP, and they were the defending champs. 
the Packers were heavily favored in that game. And that was the game that was going to make Favre the legend. And not that he isn't anyway. But that was the game in which Favre was going to ascend to the kind of place that we talk about Brady now. And he got beat. He got beat by the Broncos in a stunning upset. And John Elway spinning around that this one's for John. Super Bowl. That matchup, Favre and Elway, is number four on the green list of the five greatest quarterback matchups in Super Bowl history. Number three. I'm going back for this one. And I'm putting Roger Staubach and Terry Bradshaw on the list. And there are a number of reasons. One, I am an advocate for the 70s. I believe the 70s have gotten largely forgotten in all sports, particularly the NBA, but it happens in football too, and that is a, I am dismayed. Secondly, they met twice in Super Bowls. There are very few matchups of starting quarterbacks that have met twice in the Super Bowls. But Bradshaw and Staubach played each other in Super Bowl X and then again in Super Bowl XIII, and they were both decided by, one, by, by four points. Bradshaw's teams won 21-17 in the first one. That's the Lynn Swan game. The famous ones where you've seen Swan ballet-like, making those catches that you've seen a million times in slow motion on NFL films. That was that first game. And then the second one was epic. The second one was the height of the Cowboys being America's team. And that was when Hollywood Henderson was on that team. And he had the, the back and forth with he couldn't spell cat with, with Terry Bradshaw and everything else. If you're old enough to remember it, that was when the Steelers and the Cowboys, that rivalry was everything. Everything. And the quarterbacks were the legends. And Bradshaw won four Super Bowls in his career and Staubach won two. But he couldn't beat Terry either time. So I'm giving Staubach and Bradshaw their due. They deserve it. That's number three on my list of the greatest quarterback matchups in Super Bowl history. Number two. Number two is Joe Montana and Dan Marino. Now you might notice that no names appear on this list twice. Because I could have put Montana Elway. There were a lot of different ways this could have gone. But I decided in order to give everyone a chance to be a part of this, that every name could only be mentioned once. So Montana and Marino is number two. If you remember that Super Bowl, if you remember what Dan Marino was, he bursts out of the scene in 83. He was the best rookie quarterback ever. Then his second year, he looked like he was going to become the greatest quarterback ever. They stampede into the Super Bowl. Montana and the 49ers beat him down, and they never, Marino never gets back. But Marino is an all-time great, and obviously Montana with his four Super Bowls. I'm only putting each of these guys on the list once. So Montana Marino is number two. But at number one, number one, with no apologies, is this year. This Super Bowl is the best. Tom Brady against Patrick Mahomes. I will defend that to the end. Brady, obviously the GOAT, his 10th Super Bowl appearance looking for his seventh win, which is ridiculous. And Patrick Mahomes, who was coming. If Brady is the king, Mahomes is the prince. And, and Mahomes is coming to take his shot. So there is no question in my mind, he has taken his shot. And if Mahomes wins this thing, he's at two. And if you don't think he's going to make a run at whatever Brady's number winds up being, I strongly disagree. So to me, the Super Bowl we're about to watch in a week and a half features the greatest matchup of quarterbacks in Super Bowl history. That's the green list for today. Thanks for hanging out. I'll see you tomorrow on ESPN Radio.